0: hey Facebook live it's Karen how are you happy Tuesday Um, let's see I wanted to do a meeting with you before I go into my meeting and uh, make sure I get a big book reading out there for all of you that aren't able to get out to a meeting and um, want a little interpretation of the big book right for what it's worth so grab your big books I think I am going to read Uh, what should I read? Uh, wow. (laughs) Um, let's read from the doctor's opinion. That's always really good. The doctor's opinion, page 28 and to 29 in Roman numerals in the front of the book, doctor's opinion. And I'll start with a quick prayer, just so I can get a little centered here, because I've been on the run all day. And um, I'm going to start with the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. (sighs) Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Okay, so that's helpful. Uh, so I'm going to read 28 and 29 in Roman numerals out of the doctor's opinion in the beginning of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. <laughs> To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented. Unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others take with impunity, after they have succumbed, succumbed to the desire again as so many do and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of esprit emerging remorseful with a firm resolution, never to drink again. This is repeated over and over and unless the person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of this recovery. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control this desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So this is a very important reading if you are an alcoholic like I am. Um, you know, it talks about this is the doctor's opinion. So this is a doctor saying this, right? Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect of alcohol, right? Duh. Uh, so, even though they admit it's injurious, it it injures them, they can't, after a time, differentiate from the true from the false, okay? After a while, their alcoholic life seems the normal one. Now, what that means, if you don't know what that means, that means that after a while, you start lowering the bar. (laughs) The bar just keeps getting lower. You know, you might say, uh, you know, yeah, I'm drinking a lot, but if this happens, I'm gonna stop, right? It's like that insidious line in the sand, you know. As soon, <laughs> yeah, I do that with my weight. As soon as I weigh, as soon as I gain this much weight, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna diet. It doesn't work that way, right? Because I keep lowering the bar, I keep changing the rules. All of a sudden, that's how alcoholics get very delusional, right? They're changing the they're changing the rules to the game, okay? So that, that happens, what's that? It says also, they change that bar, they lower the bar, so their alcoholic life keeps seeming normal. So to norm, regular people out there, they're going, oh my God, you know, she is really becoming a train wreck. She should quit drinking. And you keep lowering the bar, so it just seems normal to you, right? Um, they are restless, irritable, and discontented. That is the perfect definition of the alcoholic mind. Restless, irritable, and discontent. That is the feeling. If I was ever to describe the feeling of what it's like to have alcoholism, that is it. Irritable, restless, and discontent. Constant. A chronic discontent. That's what it's like. Um, So it talks about after they have these drinks. This is what happens to an alcoholic. After they come decide they're gonna drink again, they can't stand that irritable, restless, discontent feeling, so they start drinking. Um, the pho- phenomenon of craving develops. So once I start that, the craving starts, and then I start with a spree right? And after the spree, I, then I'm remorseful after I've gone on a big bench, right? Then I'm remorseful. Then I say, I'm never going to do it again. And then I start the whole thing over again. That's insanity. That is alcoholism. Normal people don't do that. (laughs) That's, I'm just telling you right now. It says this happens over and over and over again. It can happen for years, right? This cycle, this, I'm going to, have a drink, start the craving, go on a spree, feel terrible about myself, swear to God I'll never drink again, and then I'm gonna do it all over again, over and over and over. It says that this is repeated over and over unless this person can experience an entire psychic change. There's very little hope of his recovery. Okay, so then it says, this doctor says this, on the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who don't understand, once a psychic change has occurred, that same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary, he follow a few simple rules. So think about that. Years and years and years of drinking like that, and then you have a psychic change, not a lobotomy, Right? You're not having brain surgery. Somebody's not, uh, you know, surgically removing something in you. You've had a psychic change and you don't have to drink anymore. That is amazing. That is amazing. You don't even have to pay for it. It's free. It's a psychic change. It is the way out for an alcoholic addict. This is very, very good news for someone like me, right? You would wonder why everybody doesn't do it, but it seems to be those few simple things that you're required to do. Nobody wants to do them. One is you have to remain abstinent. As soon as you pick up a drink, that craving starts. So you can't physically get that thing going again. It's almost like an obsessive compulsive disorder. Once you get that going, it's it's just an obsession. You cannot think of anything else, right? Your mind is hooked. Then the mental illness starts, right? So it's a mind-body problem. So the first thing you gotta do is get the body out of it. Quit the substance, no more. Detox, whatever, stop. Once you do that, the few ch- slight changes you have to make is the cure to have that psychic change is I believe, for me, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, for a lot of people, the psychic change happens in church. It happens through service, volunteering. There's a lot of ways the psychic change, but the 12 steps seem to be able to take somebody's attitude, to take the way they see things and shift it, just a little bit so. It takes that irritable, restless, discontent Way that I see life, and it just every step that I work in Alcoholics Anonymous just slightly changes it. Now, as I've said before, people don't need a full 180 kind of uh, a, a, a shift in perception. You can have one degree, and it'll drastically change your life. You know, there's that old uh, story that I told uh, a while ago. I love this analogy. So if you're a farmer, I'm from Washington State, and if you're a farmer, and, um, or not a, even a farmer, if you're a cattleman and you've got cows out in the field, right? Let's just say that. And every morning you get up and you get in your truck and you load the hay on the truck and you head out to the cows and you kick off the hay bells. That's the way we do it. Every day. You head out there and then you head back. You head out there and you head back. And you do that every day because the cows have to be fed, right? They're not gonna skip a meal. So you do that every day and eventually there will become these tread marks in the dirt, tire marks, where your wheels have gone over the years. And in 20 years, pretty much, you could start the truck up, put your foot on the gas, let go of the wheel, and it will drive out to those cows, right? I mean, it is, it's set in its path. And if you, it's really hard to steer out of that path, but if you take the steering wheel and you turn it one degree every day, one degree, in 180 days, you'll be turned completely around. You know, it doesn't take a big shift. You don't have to do it all at once. Just little shifts in your perception And you can do that through the steps. Alcoholics and addicts are so selfish and self-centered. That is the problem, the root of our problem. And if you can start shifting your perception and start looking around you, start seeing the people around you, what do they need? What can I do for you? How can I help? Let me know what you need. You know what I mean? That is the kind of shift that alcoholics and addicts, mentally ill people, really need to do. They need to take some action that shifts the perception. Right? The simple action of prayer, asking God for some help, whatever that is to you, your higher power, the universe, uh, I don't care, whatever that is, prayer and action, doing something for someone else. Sometimes for me, it's going to meetings because I'm keeping the room open for other people. A lot of people say, why are you still going to meetings? I owe, oh, that's why. I should not be sober. <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, and the, the privilege I have to be sober again, I can show up to a freaking room and sit there and make sure the room's open for the next guy, right? At least I could do that. Um, and, I, and I happen to help a lot of people. I, that is how I stay sober. Some are sicker than others, and I am very sick. And so I have to help a lot of people. And that might not be your case. But this is the answer, is prayer and service. Prayer and action. It's a program of action, right? People don't want to do that. People want to get sober, and they want to take off. They just want to get the heat off. They want their life back. They want theirs, right? They come to AA for the cash and the prizes, right? And they don't understand that this is not, I did a video on this earlier, this AA is not a self-help program. It's a learn how to help others program. And until I could do that, I could not stay sober. Until I could figure out that there was no cash and prizes, that that wasn't gonna be so much what happened to me in life, but how I react to it, right? That's the only thing I have control over is my reaction, right? Shit is gonna go down and shit's gonna happen. So I have to have a pretty strong answer. I have to have a lot of God to deal with whatever's coming down my path today, right? And I got a lot of shit coming down my, my path. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what am I gonna do? You know, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna ask God for help, and I'm gonna see if I can help someone else because I am further down the road than someone else is. And there's people behind me that are trying to get where I'm at, right? And there's people in front of me trying to show me how to get there. And I believe that's what the whole deal in life is, right? No matter what you're doing, whether an alcoholic or addict or not, you are ahead of the game of someone else. So you're supposed to turn around and help the guy behind you that's what we're supposed to do. Our experience will benefit others. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. I love everybody and I'll see you tomorrow. See you on Instagram. Bye.